What's up, everybody? This is your host, Joseph. And man, it feels good. Yeah. It was good to be back. Back guys, glad you're here. Excited to do this again. Just recently had a newborn baby. Been crazy busy at work and church, but um, carving out some time today to do this. So hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Today, I want to talk to you about our greatest resource, our greatest resources, uh, or greatest resource, rather. Um, we have many resources. Uh, you know, we one of the resources that comes to mind um, is money, uh, the great commodity, <laughs> uh, which is our currency. Um, a lot of times we think, well, man, you know, this, this, uh, if I had more money, you know, uh, I could buy more resources and another form of resource would probably be, probably be tools, um, for whatever craft or trade you're in. If you're a podcaster, you probably wish you had more podcast equipment and the latest and greatest, um, microphone and recording equipment and the newest MacBook Pro or whatever it, it it may be, these are resources that we we think of and when we uh, we wish we had or or we aspire to have or we go out and purchase. Um, and there's other resources as well. The resource of of um, consultants, resource of mentors, and um, Pastor Jason Staten came to our church recently, and he talked about resources and and so that kind of gave birth to this thought that that i'm going to speak on today which is our greatest resource and although there are many resources out there that we have and and as young ministers um we have many resources whether we we can see them whether we acknowledge them or not there are many resources available to us today Uh, a podcast can be a resource um you know a a a friend uh, in ministry can be a resource, a source of strength, a source of encouragement, uh, a source of of, of refuge. Uh, a pastor, a pastor can be a resource, and and so as a young minister, you don't realize how many resources you actually have until you start to look at and say, okay, I know that I have him as a resource, I have this as a resource. Uh, if if you go to a church. This is just kind of, and I'm just talking to you today, so it's not a message. (laughs) I'm just sharing with you what's on my heart and mind. But if you go to a church and um, 
you've developed a good enough relationship with the pastor and the ministry team there. And, and they, you know, recognize you as a young minister. You have um, a resource that is the temple of God. Now, you may think, well, I, well what can I do with the temple? I mean, I'm, unless they allow me to preach there, or unless they allow me to teach Bible studies there, which you probably could if you asked. You could start a Bible study group on a on on a certain day of the week or certain night of the week, and and um, you can probably borrow or bum a prayer room or a Sunday school room if you asked and if you were to treat it right. Um, I, I do this. I the church facility is available to me um, at at my request, and uh, you know I've developed that kind of relationship with our pastor and with. Uh, with the ministry team there that they allow me to use the facility there. And so that is, it's a huge resource for me and, and for any young minister that goes to any church, the temple is a great resource. Um, it's a place where you can go and pray. This is very important. <laughs> um, I, I remember starting out in ministry uh, in Willis, Texas, Abundant Life under Pastor Dave Stovall, um, I don't know how many hours, and I know there were many, every day that I would spend at the church. Now, mind you, um, you know, I, I did have a job. Well, starting out, I didn't, but eventually the pastor's wife was like, hey, look, you need to get a job. You know, you need to work. And so anyways, I had a, I had a job. So it wasn't like I, I didn't have anything to do. I did. I had a job. But when I wasn't working or before I went to work or after when I came home from work, I spent a lot of time at the church. I spent a lot of time in the prayer room. I spent a lot of time um, using the Sunday school room for a Bible study. And this was the way that my ministry developed was I used one of the one of the best resources that I have, which was the temple. Uh, I mean, I, I used that that church so much we would we would get all the kids, all the young people um, from from the youth group. And when we'd say, hey, let's meet at the church at a certain time. And we would have prayer meetings sometimes. And sometimes we would just play hide and seek. <laughs> and and sometimes, I mean, I, there are some crazy stories I'm not going to share. But um, sometimes we 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 just had um, some of the most memorable, memorable times at the church. And so the, the temple of of God, the temple, the local assembly where you're at can be a resource for you. It can be a place where you can go and study. Um, a lot of guys like to go to Starbucks or coffee shops, and that's great. That's fine. Um, Starbucks, and, and when I was younger, first of all, I couldn't afford a $4 cup of uh, coffee. So I couldn't go to Starbucks. I didn't have a vehicle, so I couldn't drive myself to Starbucks, and I happened to live close enough to the church to either walk there or hitch a ride with somebody that was on their way to church. And um, so this was one of the things that, that for me is I would just go to the church and study and pray. And, and I spent a lot of time at the church. It's a great resource. Um, but going back into my thought, of all the resources that we have, um, our greatest resource today is that of time time. As young people, we have enough time to to learn, to educate ourselves, to be educated, to be taught, 
we have time to to go out and um and master a craft and 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 we have time to grow up to to make mistakes and i'm not talking about the mistakes that are uh those you know those those life-changing mistakes i'm just talking about you you have the ability to go out and learn and if you you, you if you're not successful in that thing you're trying to do then you still learn from that failure or that experience you know failure really is only failure when you stop trying and i i learned this a long time ago uh there was many things that uh, and so i'm in plumbing that is my trade that is the business that i'm in that is the industry i'm in and as, as as i was starting out i would take on small jobs here and there and i learned from all the mistakes that i made throughout and there was a lot of people that just gave me a shot gave me a chance and it was in those experiences that that developed the confidence in me to to eventually um, fast forward to today own a a growing and thriving plumbing business. So what I'm saying with all this is that as a young person today, you have time and time is your greatest resource. But we have to we have to get an understanding of how time works and, and you know, um, time is, is not a, is not something that you can get back. This is why it's one of the most, uh, valuable resources that we have. It's not valuable. It's not just valuable, but it is a, um, it is a great resource because if, if you lose time or you waste it, you're, you're not getting it back. Now, money, you can you can lose, but if you're smart enough, you can go back and make the money you lost. Friendships, um, opportunities, they'll, they will come and go. But you can never recover the time uh, within your own ability. You can never recover the time that was lost, right? So time is, uh, is one of the greatest resources that we have. We have to understand this, number one. Time is our greatest resource. Now, let's ask ourselves, let's do do some self-evaluation. What are we doing with time? If I were to give you a million dollars today and I said, hey, look, I want you to go start a business. How would you invest that money into whatever business you're trying to launch? This is the way we have to look at time. Time is greater than a million dollars, right? And you may think, well, that's crazy. That's not true. It is because if you were to ask any millionaire, okay, if you could go back in time, what would you do differently? And if you were then to ask them, what if I told you you could go back in time? How many of them would? Because they... They would love the opportunity to do it differently and to do it better. Anybody would. Anybody would. Um, and if they say they wouldn't, then they're they're being modest because, you know, everyone says, well, I live with no regrets. Yeah, we don't have regrets, but we would all love if it was possible. If it was if it was an option, we don't entertain it because we know it. it's not an option. <laughs> but if it were an option, we would love to go back in time and do things a little differently. I know that I would. However, knowing now that time 
is one of the greatest resources that I have, one of the most valuable resources. And, uh, and it's such a, uh, a delicate resource because I cannot waste it. I cannot misuse it because it, I cannot get it back if I do so. So this is, this is the first thing we have to understand about time is that it is, it is valuable and that it cannot be recovered if it is lost or wasted. Now, as a young person, we think that time is, is just is there for us to just use however we please. So, well, I got time. I'll study later. Well, I got time. I can just wait till I'm older. <laughs> and, and that's not a good way to, to look at time. You have to be intentional about the time that you are given, about the time that you have. Now, I want to share this with you. Excuse me. I want to share this with you. This is something that um, I've heard preached before, but um, I also God, God revealed uh, a part of it to me. Um, and, and I want to share this with you. Okay. And this is, we're going to go to the book of James chapter one, verse 17. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of light, with whom is no variableness. Uh, I need you to hear that. There is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now the NIV says it that um, coming, it says it this way, coming down from above, the Father of the heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadows. Right, so we need to pay attention to this this terminology. There's no variableness, and there's no shifting shadows. There's no shadow of turning. And um, commentator David Guzik, and I'm going to read here a little bit. He writes, "With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning, God's goodness is constant. There is no variation with Him. Instead of shadows, God is the Father of lights." In the ancient Greek grammar, James actually wrote the father of the lights. The specific lights are the celestial bodies that light up the sky both day and night. The sun, the moon, the stars, they never turn off. Even when we can't see them, even so, there is never a shadow with God. This means that God never changes. And he writes, among modern theologians, there are some that are taken with something called process theology, which says that God is maturing and growing and in process himself. But the Bible says that there is no variation or shadow of turning with him. And so he, he defutes uh, the theology that God is in process or God is evolving. And this is an, another theology, the, the theology of, of, of evolution or the uh, evolution of God, that God is evolving, growing, maturing. And so there is uh, a, a direct contradiction to that theology in the word of God in that there is no shadow of turning or of variableness in him. Um, 
And so we're, we're going to dig a little deeper into this. Dan McCarthy James writes, With God there is no variation or shifting shadow. The language is evocative and difficult. But the main point is clear. God is unchangeable and entirely trustworthy. Ordinary heavenly lights produce shadows. But God's light is shadowless. Ordinary lights wax and wane, shift, move around, go through phases and fade. Even the sun is occasionally eclipsed. And all such lights cast shadows that are both inconstant and evanescent. Several heavenly lights are also known in Greek literature as wanderers. This is important. But God cannot be made to wander, nor does he entice people to wander. God's light is unchangeable. It is not subject to variation. Unlike the sun and moon, God's light cannot be overshadowed, nor does it make shifting shadows. Now you're getting the picture here. The literistic but memorable turn of phrase, no shadow of turning, using the KJV, even if not an extract representation of the semantic equivalent of the metaphor that James uses, captures the notion of God's faithfulness and steadiness. Okay? Given the instability of the world in which the nascent community of believers lived, the solidity and reliability of the wisdom of God was important, and the steadiness of believers as lights is an important uh, corollary in demonstrating that divine wisdom to the world. So I know there was a lot there to digest, but we have a constant review or a consistent review of this text that we just read in James. It allows us to understand that God is constant. He is constant. He does not change. There is no variableness or shadow of turning in him. But more than just constant, we have to understand in what way is he constant. There is no shadow of turning. The shadow of turning is a term, and, and scientists and uh, physicists can probably explain it way better than I can. But in just the simplest term, from my understanding, it is when light enters or hits or penetrates something, it, it casts a shadow. And the direction, and, and more importantly, the light of the sun, right? When it when it beams or when it uh, it is it is hitting or penetrating something, because light tries to penetrate through, it it casts a shadow, and the direction of that shadow lets us know the time of the day. John, in his first letter, after the apostle, uh, after after the gospel of John, said. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And and all that what John and what James are trying to say is that God is eternal. He is not bound or confined by time. The sun does not rise nor set on God. It is not it is not covered by the moon he is he is light and nothing overshadows him shadow is meant to represent time in the text light represents eternity and shadow represents 
time. Now, let's let's look at time. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 says, To everything there is a season and a time, to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck, that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Now, I'm, I'm reading this for a reason. Each individual, even animals and nature, is given a certain time, a limited time. The seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, the weeks, the months, the years, the centuries are determined by means of time, which if we had all the time in the world, maybe we could accomplish much more than we can with the limited time that we have. Time de determines everything. It reveals our greatest efforts our or our lack of effort. If we spend time doing nothing, then in time, nothing will be revealed. If we invest our time in learning and applying what we were taught, then time will reveal the effort of our investment. Time can be your worst enemy or your best friend, depending on how you use time. That's why I say that time is the most valuable resource because time spent is time eternally lost. You can lose and, and make money. You can, you can lose and, and make other things. But time, when you lose it, it is lost forever. Time manages our world. It can go fast. It can go slow. It may be that it feels that we are not moving Everything is according to the time that is given to us. What is in control of our time? This is a question we have to ask ourselves. Knowing now that time is so valuable, what is in control of our time? Where are we spending the limited time that we have? Because the answer will reveal the priority of our lives. Now, if you knew that tomorrow you were going to die, how would your schedule change today? How would you spend the remainder of your time? Now, I'm not trying to sound morbid, but this is scriptural. Hebrews 9.27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So we're all appointed a time in which we will pass away from this life and enter into the next. But we're talking about the framework of the time of this life. We, we are only given one life, and in that life we're given a, a certain amount of time. Now James 4, 13 through 14 says, Go now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go in, into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Now, what he's saying here is that there's some that say, hey, look, we're going to go out here and make some money for a little bit and, and we'll go get what we need and then we'll return. But 
for now, let's just go and, and, and see what we can make of, of our life or the opportunities we have. And then he writes in the next, in the next verse says, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time <laughs> and then vanisheth away. What James is saying here is that we get into this this thought process of like, well, if I can just if I can accomplish this and if I can accomplish that and if I can get married and if I can have kids and if I can have a good career, then when all these things are done, then I can come back and put time into God and put time into ministry. And and when it doesn't work that way, we're only given a certain amount of time on this earth. And Jesus, I mean, he was he was the main one that he, he spoke this way. I know this sounds like, man, Brother Joseph is like, you got to forget everything and follow God. Well, Jesus, when the man came to say, hey, Lord, can I go? Can I go bury my father? Um, and <laughs> this was to me, it was kind of like the most gut wrenching thing this guy could have heard. His, his father just passed away. He wants to just honor him. And go do what he has to do. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, why don't, why don't you let the dead bury the dead? And so you you understand now that that Jesus, he even he knew and and he almost was was kind of emphasizing. We, we don't have much time for the kingdom of God is at hand. So because when our time here ends, eternity begins. And this is where we're trying to get to. We're all trying to reach eternity. But when we get to eternity, no one, no one wants to get to eternity and realize that they wasted their most valuable resource and that they cannot redeem it. And it cannot be redeemed and, and, and realize it's lost. And now I'm lost forever. Eternity will swallow us up. And with it, the end of our time comes the end of the light of our life, and unless the Father of light or the Father of eternity will redeem us and redeem our time, then we are and will be eternally lost. But today, we have time. Today, we can take this time and use it for the glory and for the kingdom of God. Today, we can be saved. See, because this is what being saved is or salvation is salvation is redeeming what is lost and what is lost <laughs> our soul but not just our soul but there is a great amount of time that has been lost see not just your time but because you were born and shaped in, into iniquity then there is even time before your. This is why we were born in sin because there's just so much time that was lost and wasted in sin. And sin consumes our time, and sin consumes our life, even when we are born. My beautiful daughter was just born, and and she does not know this yet. She has no understanding of it yet, but soon. When she is older, she will realize that she was born and shapen in iniquity. 
And there is so much time that is lost there that needs to be redeemed. That was that's that's where salvation comes in. Salvation doesn't just redeem the lost soul, it redeems the lost time. Now let's go back to this uh, no variableness, neither shadow of turning, because God is not tied to time. He can navigate through our present, and he can he can step outside of the framework of our time and go into our past. Now this is not something that was created by Hollywood, uh, although they've capitalized on it, but this is this is a biblical principle. Time travel is real. We just cannot time travel. But God can step out of our present time, go into our past, and redeem all that is lost, and cleanse and wash away and erase those mistakes and that sin, and completely change who we are in the future. That's why he says that you are made a new creation. It's because he he was working in and out of the the framework of our of the time that we have and the time that we're given. Now, you have to understand this because this is not just a um, kind of a, a, a well that's a captivating thought. No, this is this is a principle that we must understand because not only can God travel into our past and and cleanse and erase and change but he can go into the future and he can prepare and he can realize that purpose that is within us and and while you're traveling from your present to your future god can advance the years you ever heard the term you're you're wise beyond your years that, that comes from God advancing the years of a young man's life. If you will just invest your time in the things of God, in the kingdom of God, God will take that time, that little time that you're given, and he will make the most of it. And he will advance the years of your life. And he would give you wisdom beyond your years, knowledge and understanding. Jesus is the only one that can travel in and out of time. For this reason, he tells us in the book of Acts when they asked, Then those who had gathered asked him, saying, Lord, will you restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? Jesus answered them, and he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father put in his soul power. Because we can't do nothing with the time or the season that we're given other than to put it into one who is in control of this time and season. And I could go back to the, to the book of Psalms where he says, and you shall bear fruit in his time and his season. Because we are, even though we have a framework of time, um, we cannot do nothing with this time. All that we can do is give it to God and let God work and God's timing is, and we've heard this before, these are church uh, terminologies. God's timing is not our timing. Why is it not our timing? Because he is working in and out of our present time. And he is working in that, that no 
of variableness, no shadow of turning, which is eternity. And he is traveling from the past to the future to the present. And he is orchestrating the great redemption, the great purpose that he has given us. They were worried about the times that they were enslaved and the times that the empire of Rome was in control of them. They wanted to know when the kingdom was going to be restored. Jesus said, time has nothing to do with what he will be. The father can work in and out of time. But for us, an advantage is given. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and into the ends of the earth. Salvation is the power to redeem the lost times, the power to advance the time spent to fulfill God's purpose. This is why he's given, he gives us the parable of the 11th hour workers. And if you don't know the parable to, to surmise, this is, this is a, there, there are men working in a field and then, other laborers show up and one shows up at the second hour and another shows up at the third hour and then the fifth and the sixth and eventually you get to the 11th hour worker and when he gets there it's almost all done but the 11th hour worker receives the same redemption and the same recompense as the the guy that's been there the entire time why because god's not worried about the time because <laughs> he can redeem the lost time and he can advance the years. He just wants to know, are you going to take what time you're given? Maybe you're given the 11 hours, or maybe you're just given one hour. But whatever time you have, are you willing to invest that into God and give it to God and say, Lord, will you take control of my time? Romans 13, 11, and I'm going to ending here. And that knowing the time that now, is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation that is that is the redeeming power nearer than when we believe salvation is wanting to redeem the lost and the time that was lost salvation can advance the years of your life to bring to pass what would take an eternity the eternal god can make it happen in an instant because he is not confined or bound by time as we are our time is limited. His time is limitless. He is infinite while we are finite. He can bring to pass what we cannot. So give God your time. Invest your time in God and the kingdom of God. Who better to watch and be the shadow of turning in your life? He who cannot change. He who can literally make time to stand still you go to the book the old testament where he made the sun to stand still or make time go by or take you back in time and redeem what was lost this is the god that we serve a god that is wanting to not only redeem the time but to advance it and bring you to realize your purpose here on earth.
guys i hope you enjoyed that um yeah we have more episodes coming soon i'm gonna right now record the same episode in spanish so if you have anybody that speaks spanish that's interested in a podcast with um biblical content biblical principles refer this podcast to them if you would do me a favor and leave me a review and share it with your friends share it on your social media page um i would greatly appreciate that thank you always for listening and hope this was a blessing may god keep you and bless you and make his face shine upon you god bless Thank you.